Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkoforte, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Could you please turn to the book of uh, Romans, Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, the verse number 11. Romans 8, verse 11. Me, I'll just take off and preach and, uh, and trust God to get to where I'll get to and I'll stop. Today, we are closing on time. That's one thing we are doing on time. Romans chapter 8. Verse number 11. Are you being me? Okay, good. Okay. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also do what? Quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit or through his spirit that dwells in you. Now the question I want to ask you is, was Jesus raised up from the dead? Was it a spiritual raising from the dead? Was it a physical raising from the dead? Is it one of the two or both of them? Meaning that when the man rose up from the dead, his physical body was with him, not his spirit man alone. Well, what does the scripture say? That the spirit of God that dwells in you This same spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Meant he brought his spirit out of hell where he paid the price for us. And the spirit knew exactly where the body of Jesus was. So he brought the body to the spirit, put them together. And when Jesus rose, he was a man who was in possession of his spirit as well as his body. So the Bible said, if the same spirit who used this means to raise Jesus from the dead... If it dwells in you, what will it do to your mortal body? Quicken means what? Make alive. To make alive is to redeem from the grips of death. Meaning that if there is sickness coming against you, that sickness is doing what? It's trying to do the opposite of what the Spirit of God is supposed to do. And if you know that it is written, that he that raised Christ from the dead shall make alive my body by his spirit. It means that nothing can take me out until I am ready to go. Do you understand me? So the first thing I want you to do is to begin to divorce yourself from this spirit of fear which the world is trying to sell to everybody. They are selling it all over the radio stations, all over the television, uh, what do you call it, broadcasting stations, all over the social medium, all over the internet. They are selling one thing. It is a spirit of fear. And listen, the difference between you and I and the people who are still out there in the world, they don't know God, the difference between us is what they call F-A-I-T-H. Faith. We believe in God. And because we have confidence in God, we are not supposed to be like them. Why? Because when you fear, your faith takes a back seat. Hello? 
You cannot be afraid and be in faith at the same time. It doesn't work that way. The moment you fear, you are saying the one who will defend me has departed from me or is far away from me. Is not close enough to be able to protect or defend me, so I am afraid. That's what you are saying. So those of you who like to fear, and those of you who like to worry, you are in the same boat. Those who worry and those who fear, they are in the same boat. Some people fear, they can't sleep. Some people worry, they can't sleep. They are in the same boat. But I came to tell you that in my worst situation, the one question I need to ask myself is, can I trust God with my life? Yes, I can. And if you are born again, there will be a spirit on the inside of you that will tell you, yes, you can trust God. And everything will be cool. Because if you can trust God, why do you worry? If you can trust God with your life, why do you fear? So listen, my dear friends, they are bringing fear. But those who fear, it is because they are bought into the fear. Now, the buyer and the seller, who has the power? Meaning that the one who is buying has the choice. It's just like offense. You know, it is just like offense. Offense is taking. It's never giving. So you see, when you decide to buy the fear, the next thing you know, you'll be afraid. But when the fear comes to your door, knocking on your door, tell the fear, I am a believer. I choose to believe. Therefore, I refuse to fear. Fear and everybody who is following him, you are not, you are personal non grata. You are not allowed to enter here. Him vexed with oish ale. Sack them to go. And please, you never, never fight a thought with a thought. That is one of the things I learned from my senior pastor. And over the years, I've checked, 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 and I realized, oh, how true it is. The devil, because it's in the spirit world, he will drop a thought into your mind. Though he cannot read your mind yet, he can be able to influence you because if he drops a thought into your mind and he observes your actions, he can know what you are thinking. Because the moment you buy into what he has dropped, now he knows what you are thinking. Now he knows you have given him the power. Now he knows you have bought what he's selling. And once you buy what he's selling, trust me, you are going to go on what I call a is it a spiral? You know, you just slide down. It's a slippery, slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Once you take the first step, you are going down. I want to encourage you. This is the time when you have a negative thought attacking you. Attack that thought with a statement. Of course, if there are people there who will not understand, then you then you don't attack it so loudly that uh, you know people will say that yeah they had adverse fell on. And Pash Rabin Yegenvo fell on. He has lost some screws somewhere, you know. But in any case, if I need to do that and somebody will say I've lost some screws, I don't care. 
A lot of crazy people out there, if they don't take their medication, they will even remove their dress. And me, I'm here, and I don't take medication, and you say, I've lost my head. You have have a problem. (laughs) If I'm fighting something which you cannot see, and because of that you call me crazy, that's your problem. But the point I am making is, you don't fight a thought with a thought. You fight a thought with an audible statement. Tell the devil, no, I am a believer. I am not an unbeliever. I refuse to fear. In the spirit of fear, onemish, minus me. You may come, but you are not allowed. I am bold and confident because God is on my side. I am a covenant child. And as a covenant child, I have never ever had one time where my father has ever broken his covenant with anybody. Listen, the Bible said, 1 Peter chapter 2, the verse number 24. The Bible said, he himself took our infirmities, meaning our pains, weaknesses, and then bore what? Our diseases or sicknesses. And he didn't stop there. And he said, by his stripes. And you know what? I like to understand the word stripes. And I took my time to check the meaning of the word stripes. It actually means the blows that cut in. You know, unless you are iron. If I hit you here with a knife, I can't cut in. But if you're a human being like me, and supposing this is your skin, and I hit you with a knife here, it will cut in. When it cuts in, what comes out? And what is blood? The life of the person I'm cutting. So you see, the covenant is the reason why he was able to bear my pains. And carry my sicknesses. So on the basis of that covenant. When he say I was healed. What do I do if I believe the covenant? I begin to give him praises and thanks. I don't thank him because my body is saying I am healed. I'm thanking him because the word says I'm healed. Does somebody understand me at all? This is crazy to people who walk in the natural. But if you walk by the spirit, you are operating on a higher spiritual law. Am I talking to somebody? So you can be praising God and thanking God for something he has done. And, and, and actually use your imagination, your imagination to see it done when your body is telling you the very opposite. And somebody comes and he says, uh-uh, what makes you think? I know so because God's word says so. So if somebody is asking me that kind of thing, the first thing I'll ask the person, do you know how to read? Can you read English? That is, if I have an English Bible, then I'll tell him where to open to and read. And after he has read it, then I tell him, this is how I know. I will see it. So I have healed. It's about time we learn that God watches over his word to perform it. That God's word is not just there for show. 
that the word is the reason why we are walking like this because this planet is a word planet. The word God spoke is sustaining this planet. This movie, 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 whereby you have, you have, you have summer, you have uh, autumn, you have winter, you have uh, spring. It is all because of the word. The day and the night we are having, it is because of the word. It is because God's word spoke it. And God's word has never been weak. How many of you have woke up and then you look at the, the watch and the watch is telling you that it is uh, 11 a.m. and still it is very dark. So God's word is able to do what God says it should do. When you stand upon the word, it is like you are standing upon God himself. No more can stand upon God and then be shaken by everything. My dear friends, fear is the last thing you must entertain. Let me, let me just uh, say this. You know, let me, uh, uh, I'm, I'm on what we were talking about last week. That's what I'm on. Disciples are soldiers. First Timothy chapter 6, the verse number 10 to 12. And I won't be keeping long, so please follow me. Follow me. My, 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 my assignment today is to make sure that every spirit of fear leaves you. My assignment today is that when you are going out there, you are going like a person who is not afraid of anybody or afraid of anything. If somebody is having the virus and they meet you, still, these are the people who are below you when you are prayed by the spirit. Do you understand me? When you are a believer, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus delivers you from the spirit of sin and death. It is a higher law. It is a law, the law of the spirit of life. And the spirit of sin and death is also another law. But it is an inferior law. How many of you know that the law of gravity will always bow to the law of thermodynamics? Sorry, the law of aerodynamics. Aerodynamics is the reason why a plane can fly. Although a plane is very heavy, containing a lot of people, yet gravity doesn't stop a plane from taking off. Because the law they operate in the takeoff is greater than the law of gravity. Do you understand me? And so we must understand that the law of the spirit of life completely negates, completely zeros, or completely renders uh, 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 null and void the law that causes sin and death. And if you choose to operate by the law of the spirit of life, they may come in different colors. Today, it is a corona that has come. In 2010, it was a swine, swine, swine creeper. Somewhere it was SARS. Somewhere it was... And, and you know what? Listen, if you are somebody living in the times we are in, prepare because these things, they will be coming one after the other. Because as the age closes, these things, they will intensify in intensity. Today, we have a lot of crazy people around. Some people who, when you mention the name of God, immediately they are very angry. How can you be very angry about somebody you have never seen with your eyes? What has he done to you? That tells you how demonized people has become. And as long as there are people who are so demonized this way, I tell you, these things won't stop. It won't stop not because God is the one doing it, but because they are empowering the devil to do it. When you serve the devil, you never know that he doesn't love you. 
The best way to know who the devil is, is if it is possible, talk to the demons. No demon ever serves Satan out of love. They serve him out of fear of punishment. Because devil, he doesn't... Listen, the last time any demon rebelled was when they rebelled with, with Satan. Because rebellion is not permitted in the ranks of the devil and his people. They never permit rebellion. You attempt rebellion there and they punish you so hard and so severely. So if a demon is given an assignment, and you know I said last time that demons, they don't do too many things. A demon of wickedness can only do wickedness. So if in the long run, a demon of wickedness is being chased out of somebody, he must look for other demons who do other things to come and help it so that he'll be able to stay there. Do you understand what, I, what I'm saying? And if you have a demon of hatred, look, it can only do hatred. It cannot do lust. And the demon of hatred is so good at hatred that if hatred is what is to bring you down, it can bring you down. But when it is having trouble, then it will go and recruit for other people. And the people they recruit, is not because they love them. Didn't you read in your Bible where it says that he goes to look for other spirits more powerful and more wicked than himself? Who will go and look for somebody who, who is more powerful than himself so that they come and dominate him? It's only you when you are a believer, you say, oh, okay, the greatest must be the servant of all. But they don't have that philosophy there. Those they recruit, they come and dominate them. You go and bring somebody, it's now your chief. He will tell you what to do. That's what happens. But guess what? They go ahead and they do it. Because they know that failure is never permitted. Listen, my dear friends, when you say you are a Christian and you fear at this time, you have done something that is completely out of line with the nature of who you are supposed to be. When you fear at this time and you run around at this time, you behave hopelessly the way the world people behave. You have taken the name of the Lord in vain. And the Lord shall not hold in vain those who take his name in vain. How can a Christian see a demon and run from a demon? For the demon to go and start to, 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 you know, to insult God and to, you know, to, to go and mock God, when we say we take the name of the Lord in vain, it means many things. And let not just be there. When, when you, are, you have the ability to whip somebody and the person is whipping you, you think your father is happy? Where I'll come from, you see that your father will be very angry too. Very angry. How can this, my boy, disgrace me like that? Eh? Just disgracing me like this. But when you can discipline the person well, well, and he brought himself and you are disciplining him, he said, yes! Measure for measure. Eye for eye. In the realms of the spirit, that is what goes on. Don't make a mistake about that. It is only when you are dealing with human beings that things change a little bit. But when we are dealing with spiritual things, there is no mercy. Why did the angel sin and then it is ended? Why is it that they sin one time and that's all there is to it? They don't have... Look, in the realms of the spirit, it is so. So when we are dealing with spiritual entities, let us play the men that we are because, you see, greater is he that is in us 
as a soldier, your, your, your commander-in-chief will be a very, very bad commander-in-chief when he sends you to the battlefront and he has not equipped you. You don't have weapons. How can you send somebody to the battlefront and the guns are empty, no bullets? Who would do that? Do you know that where we are, we are soldiers of Christ? Do you know that as soldiers of Christ, good, look at it there. This one is wrong. First Timothy 6, 10 to 12. So add the verse 11. Bring the verse 11 and the 12. Let me just, because I'll be closing very soon. My, my assignment is one thing. I want to kill fear from you. And I want to, I want to, I'm trusting God for you to walk out of this place very bold and very confident. So that when Ah, let me read. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Remember we were there last week? Read the verse number 12. Bring the verse number 12 there. Fight the good fight of faith, laid hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast preferred a good profession among many witnesses. You have to do what? Fight. Fight. Hello? Fight. The kingdom is for soldiers. When you are being recruited, you are recruited to fight. Not to fight with physical punches, but fight on your knees and fight with your mouth. When you take the word of God in your mouth, you are taking a spiritual sword in your mouth. So when you release the word, it behaves the same way a physical sword will behave when it is fighting somebody physical. It goes into the realms of the spirit and deals with everything that is there. Are you listening to me? So, lift up the word of God in your mouth in times like this and use the word to fight. Meaning that you must first and foremost feed your spirit man. Because the fight is a fight of faith. It's not a fight of who is the latest boxer in town? Joshua, Anthony, Joshua. It's not Joshua, Anthony fighting. Joshua, Anthony is fighting for money. But in your fight, it is your soul that is at stake. So that one is a different fight. So when you are fighting, understand that it's a fight of faith. And when it is a fight of faith, the one thing about faith is... It does not come by prayer. Nobody prays to have faith and then he has faith. If you are praying and saying, God, give me faith, you are praying the wrong prayer. You can only pray and say, God, give me wisdom or give me understanding. But you can't pray and say, God, give me faith. Why? Because the Bible said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The only way faith comes is for you to hear and hear and hear and hear the word of God like you are doing right now. Because when you hear, faith will automatically come. You know what? You don't have to ask faith to come. It will come by itself. Once you are hearing, something is happening. Something is changing. Because God's word is spirit and is life. And when you speak God's word, when you hear God's word and you speak God's word, you are doing the same thing that God did when the earth was without form and, and, and void. You are changing situations. You are rearranging things. You are causing something chaotic to completely leave the scene and bring order into a chaotic situation. That's what we are doing. So when you are going to fight a fight of faith, 
Don't play with the word. I want to tell you, this week, don't play with the word. Those of you who go weeks on end, you don't read the Bible. Think again. No wonder when you ask, you, you are trying to act in faith, it doesn't work. You are like, ah, oh, this thing doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work for the week. Whoever told you that uh, 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 a baby lion can be able to fight a dog and win? Whoever told you that? The difference is a lion is still a lion, but a baby lion is, is a lion, but it's weak. And when your faith is weak, you will try to exercise faith and it will not work. The reason it won't work is because your faith is weak. But when you feed your faith on the word of God, the strength of your spirit is directly proportional to the volume of word or the impact of the word that you have. The more word, the more the faith. The less word, the less the faith. The more word, the more you can achieve. The less word, the less you can achieve. So you see, when you have more word, you can be able to last more in the fight. Some people go two rounds. And then by the third round, they lose stamina. One small punch, oh yeah, they are down. Some people too, if you take them 12 rounds, they match you foot for foot, blow for blow. So that at the end of the day, when the judges take their decision, they are like, ah, they cheated. Meaning that this one, they have given a very good account of themselves. As a child of God, I'm telling you, give a good account of yourself. Because do what you are supposed to do. Feed yourself on the word. Take your time and get the word of God inside you. And when you get the word of God inside you, when the situations come, you will not take the name of the Lord in vain. The Bible says, well, let everybody who names the name of the Lord do what? Depart from iniquity. Meaning that when, when you are called a Christian, you are named by the name of the Lord. Means that the honor of God is yours to either defend or allow to be dragged into the mud. And when you allow the name of God to be dragged into the mud, what you are doing is you are taking the name of the Lord in vain. If it's only about somebody saying, Jesus, when they shouldn't say Jesus, that one will be, will be some, 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 some uh, what do you call it? Some very easy thing. No, but taking the name of the Lord in vain is more than somebody using the name of God to swear. It's more than that. It is somebody to whom God has given much and God is expecting him to give a good account of himself and then he will chicken out. You think that it was a small fight when Job was on the, on the issue? It wasn't a small fight. It was a fight of honor. It was a fight whereby God is trying to say, devil, you know what? Whatever you are doing, I have a better plan. That means you lose. God was very much interested in Job winning this fight. So much so that when he said, hey, my friend, he has defenses. And because of his defenses, God said, oh, okay, you think defenses? It's not about defenses. It's about what is inside the man. So if you say defenses is the issue, let me remove the defenses. You know what? You can have everything. The only thing you can have is his life. Because his life is not supposed to end now. now. But assuming that he was even supposed to take his life, do you know that as a soldier of Christ, you are supposed to fight till death? That you are not supposed to be afraid of anybody who will take your life? 
that if somebody wants to take your life because you are a believer, don't be afraid of him. And I'm not saying somebody is trying to slap you. Then you just stand and let them slap you. That's not what I'm saying. Some people misunderstand a lot of things. Maybe I shouldn't go there, but let me go there a little bit. Some people misunderstand a lot of things. Jesus said, when they are persecuting you in one city, flee to another. So the same person who said, when they are persecuting you in one city, flee to another. The same person said, when they slap you, you attend here. Why should you flee when you can turn the other one for them to slap you? <laughs> that is a statement that people have to take in wisdom. Because you see, the Bible said, answer a fool according to his foolishness. Lest he be wise in his eyes. But the same scripture said, do not answer a fool according to his folly. Lest people think that you are also a fool. So if the scripture is saying that, then what are you supposed to do? You are supposed to allow the spirit of God to tell you what to do when you are in situations. So this thing that we have done, that we have allowed people to take advantage of us, abuse us, and because of that, they don't respect God. It's a mistake. Boko Haram will just get up and get and go and kill people in church. And then the next week, they'll just get up to and they are going to church again, knowing that Boko Haram can come anytime. Until one man of God says, hey, next week when you are coming to church, bring your guns, bring your cutlasses. When they come, it is our house. We'll finish them here. Now, when they heard that when you come to their house, they are armed to finish you, they didn't come. <laughs> so let's be wise. Let's be wise. Let's not be, let's not be, you know, people who are religious misunderstand and misquote the word of God. Let's not be religious. We are spirit people. Am I talking to somebody? And so, you see, we are supposed to fight the good fight of faith. And I want to tell you, my dear friends, this whole thing is a fight. The good thing about this fight is you fight on your knees and you fight with your mouth. That's all. Some of you, you talk. You talk more than you should talk. So you can't tell me that you lack the skill to fight this fight. Prayer is talking to God. Some people, too, they pray. They will not also wait to listen to God. They pray and that's all there is to it. Lord, give me this, give me that, give me that, give me this, give me that. And then they get up and they are going. Lord, I'm ready. Anything you can give me, give me all of it and give me now. Thank you. And they are ready. They are going. No, that's not what it is about. We are soldiers and we are supposed to fight for God. We are here. Do you know that the person who suffer most at this time is people who don't know God? If somebody, if you die now as a believer, do you know that if you really know what happens in the, in the realms of the spirit, you will not be, you, you, um, you will not be afraid to die. Because if you should die now, if your spirit should leave your body now when you are still a believer, and, and I mean when you are still a believer, some people are believers and they have actually allowed their faith to take a backseat. That's not what I'm talking about. This is not the time to be living with sin in your life that you haven't repented of. That's foolishness. You can't go to Iraq and you have a gun, there are no bullets in it. And then you are working, wearing the, what do you call it, the uh, American, uh, what do you call it, military uniform. They will finish it. 
Same way, we are here and our enemy is here in this world. So, for here, it is our war zone. When somebody is born again today as a baby, he's born into a war zone. He must know that as a soldier in a war zone, you are supposed to fight. Fight. And the way to fight is the moment I know I have sinned, immediately I say, God, I'm sorry. I blew it. I made a mistake. I sinned. I shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have got angry. You know, it was my pride that stood in the way. I should have told him I'm sorry instead of carrying on the fight. Quit as quickly as you can. And allow the blood of Jesus to cover you. And once the blood of Jesus covers you, it means that now when you fight, you can fight. Everything about you, it is as if God himself is fighting through you against the enemy. And when you fight that way, you will win and you will always win. I'm talking to a people who God knows uh, what it means to prepare them for the 21st century. I'm talking to people who are living in 2020, not in 1520. And I want you to understand that you are living in this time, not because you chose, but because God chose it. And the God who chose it, he knew that in this time, you will be able to do your best. Those who can be able to act out better in 1520, they have finished their own. And those of us who are meant for 2020, we are here today. And I tell you, if this gospel didn't get lost in 1520, but somehow the light remained until we have come to our part, let's also give a good account of the gospel. Let's give a good account of the gospel. Let's fight like people who know that what has been handed over to us was defended by other people before we got it. Am I talking to somebody? So fight. When you see somebody who is not born again, it's a colleague in your, what do you call it? Working place. It's perhaps a neighbor. Take your time to talk to God about them. God knows a lot about them than you do. You know that sometimes we don't know many things about other people because we don't talk to God about them. But when you talk to God about people, Especially if somebody is close to you because you want to do you harm. And you are like, oh, this person is not a believer. God, I want his soul to be saved. God will just, God will talk to you. And he will let you know that this guy, watch him well. Though you are praying for him and our work, but this guy, he's there to harm you. We lose many of our fights because we don't talk to God about humans. Let's be concerned about people the way God is concerned about them. Because the moment you begin to talk to God about something, if there's something about the person, God cannot hide it from you. Remember what God said about um, Lot to Abraham. God said, the place where this man is, this Sodom place, something is about to happen. And you know what? I have a covenant with Abraham. And uh, because Abraham has been talking to me, though Lot has left him, yet He's talking to him, to me about Lord. I cannot do anything in this place unless I talk to him. Lest the man will say, ah, but you, I've been talking to you about this issue. Why didn't you even alert me? Doesn't it happen with you when you have friends? When you, 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 you have expressed concern about an issue and they are going to deal with that issue and they don't tell you anything. You say, mm, this guy cannot be trusted. He's not a good friend. So God said, I can't do anything about this place until I talk to Abraham about it. You know why? Because this is one of his prayer topics. So he went to talk to Abraham 
And at the end of the day, you and I know that because of the prayer of Abraham, Lot escaped. Sometimes you can be a righteous man, but when you are in the wrong place, you will die. And the only reason why a righteous man would die in the wrong place is because he, he, he has got to a place where he's too far from God. He cannot hear when God talks. Because if God can hear, if you can hear from God, he will always warn you and get you out of danger before it hits. There is no such thing as God sleeping on the job. God doesn't sleep on the job. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. He who commits himself to God has committed himself, who, himself to one who is capable, whether in the summertime, in the wintertime, whether hot or cold, in any season at all, God is capable. There has never been a time when God has failed to do something and God can say, because of this condition or that condition, I couldn't do. I want you to trust God. Let me, let me just quote my last scripture. Would you please open to uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, the verse number 19. Two things I'm interested in here. To deal with fear. And then to deal with the other thing which is the opposite of fear. Because when you are afraid, you cannot be a good soldier. Soldiers who are afraid, they run from the battlefront. And if you have an army that is running when they see the battle, everybody knows that the country <laughs> is free for anybody to take. Look at it now. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Can we read it together? Amen. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. I will try to explain. Now, the holiest place to any Jew, they know that it is the inner court or the innermost building where the Ark of the Covenant was. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was only a box. It was a square box. On the diagonal ends of the box, you have one angel who has wings. So, one angel with wings at one diagonal end another angel with wings at the other diagonal end. And those angels, one wing is by the side, but the other wing, he has stretched it this way. So this one stretches their wings and the wings meet. Now, on the top of this box and under the, the wings, this is what is called what? The mercy seat. This is where the glory of God, or let's put it this way, the Shekinah glory. The glory, you know, when you get into that place, there is always light, but no candle. No, no touch, nothing, but there is light there. And so the light that is there is called the Shekinah glory. Now, the Shekinah glory is there sitting upon what? A table of stone. Because in this box... It's a table of stone with the Ten Commandments written there. Other things that came in, they were incidentals which came in. Like Aaron's rod that budded, all those things, they were incidentals. The manner that the people ate, which was put, that was also incidental. But the real thing was the Ten Commandments, the law of God, meaning that the one who sits upon it is both a king and a judge. 
Now, because of who he is, you can't just go into his presence like that. How many of you have read that Esther's case? Even as a, as a, uh, is it a queen? As a queen, she couldn't just walk there because she could die. Now, if a human being can do that, then what about God? So, the Holy of Holies is not meant for anybody. No stranger can just come in there. There must be people who are recognized and qualified to come there. And even when they are coming, they must come with a particular posture, meaning that they have done a certain homework on themselves. And so, some things which is not allowed, they, are, they have put it aside before they come in. So, you see, the Bible said, we are also to do what? Come into the Holy of Holies. Why must we come into the Holy of Holies? Because we are high priests. The only person who can come there is a high priest. God has made us a kingdom of priests to God. Because we are a kingdom of priests to God, we have to come. You see, the priests must go there because they receive something for the rest of the people. Here we have a coronavirus and there is something we need to receive for the people. So we should come. But look at it. It says well, we must come with boldness. There's a big difference between the way we come and the way they come in the Old Testament. When you are a priest in the Old Testament, I'll try and show you something. They tie your leg like that too, with a rope and they put bells on it. So when you are going, the rope is, you know, is shortening as you are going. But then the bell too is sounding. If you go in there and at a point they don't hear the sound anymore and then the rope too has stopped to move, what do they do? They draw the rope and bring the corpse out. By the time they are tying your leg to go to that place, you don't go with boldness. <laughs> you just know that this is the journey of your life. You may go and come out or you may not come out. So by the time you are going, you should have said mmm, 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 goodbye to everybody in your family. <laughs> and you should have had a checklist of all the things you are supposed to do. And you take all of them one by one. And make sure that nothing is missing before you go. So they don't go with boldness. But we, we are told to come boldly. You know why? Because the blood that makes a way is the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is perfect in every way. It's without blemish. It's spotless. He has made an eternal way, not a temporary way for us. It is not the kind of way that the priest must come every year with blood because they don't go there empty-handed. When we go there, we go there in the name of the Lord. We go with the blood of Jesus. When we go there, we are accepted because Jesus was accepted. When we go there, we go there as people who are coming like Jesus came because, you see, as he is, so, you are going there, but spiritually, there is no difference between you and Jesus. Because the Jesus who made the way with his blood, he has infused his spirit into you. So, when you are going there, you are going like Jesus is going there. That's why we, need, we can go with boldness. Listen to me, my dear friends. As a Christian, the one thing you should be praying for every day is boldness. Some of you, the reason you are not enjoying your Christian life is because you are not bold. It's not because you don't have favor. 
It's not because you don't have, you lack anointing. It's not because the power of God is not there. It's simply because you are not bold. Do you know that there's a difference between anointing and boldness? A man can be powerfully anointed and yet not be bold. Saul was anointed, but when it came to the time to feel, uh, 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 face Goliath, he was not bold, he was afraid. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I were you, every day the prayer I will pray is that God, I need boldness to walk as a Christian. Because the day you lose your boldness, that day you lose your testimony. And from that day you are in danger of taking the name of the Lord in vain. Because you see, it is when you are bold and you go into a, a, a situation boldly that God shows his power. God didn't tell David that when you go, I'll, I'll give Goliath into your hands. How many of you have read in your Bible that he went and there was an effort and said, God, shall I go against Goliath? Will you give me into his hands? No. In the case of Goliath, it was not so. He just realized that God was being blasphemed. And he said, for me to live and for God to be blasphemed, also, it's better that I die than to, than to join in this blasphemy. So he went boldly. And guess what God did? God backed him up all the way. The reason you are where you are today is because when the opportunities, opportunities came, you didn't see them as opportunities. You saw those opportunities as things you should fear. You said, oh, the giants, they are too big for me. I cannot go. Yet, somebody said, those same giants, they are bread for us. Did you know that the man who said the giants were bread for him, 40 years later, the giants became bread for him? So you see, today, when we are taking the communion, understand that we are approaching covenant. Understand that this covenant, it is a kind of agreement where God can never lie. God can never, never lie. It is impossible for God to lie. God can never break his covenant. And anybody who believes in covenant and operates in covenant, he is as indestructible as God himself. If you didn't hear, I, was, I, will, I will repeat myself again. Any human being who is operating by covenant relationship with God should understand that the almighty, the creator himself, does not break covenant. And because he doesn't break covenant, when you are walking by covenant, you are walking as if God himself is walking. And anybody who will fight you, they are fighting God. This is the reason why they can't fight you and they will win. So we are going to take communion. There is corona out there. There are so many things that is happening in our world today. But one thing you shouldn't forget is he who understands covenant and is ready to operate by covenant will always have the victory. Hallelujah. Do you have a choice to decide whether you want to go by covenant or not? No, you don't. The only reason you are a child of God is because of that covenant. Are you understanding me? When you are a child of God, you are a child of God because of the blood Jesus shed 
to cut that covenant for us. So you can't say I want to relate to God outside of covenant. The only way we can relate to God is through the covenant. So today as we are taking communion, please get this thing clear. That on the basis of that covenant, nobody can take your life without, number one, your permission, or two, God's permission. Let me clear it. If you give permission to anybody to take your life, God cannot say no. Because on the basis of covenant, God must respect your wishes. Are you listening to me? But if somebody wants to take your life and they are more powerful than you, they are more connected than you, and you said no, God will never say yes to them. No matter what they do, God will make himself an opposition to them and they can't take your life. This is why when you are a man of covenant or a woman of covenant or you understand the covenant of God, you can operate with great boldness. Is there somebody who is bold here? Is there somebody who is saying, I will go out there and know that I'm a special person because I'm connected to God by the blood of Jesus? Is there somebody like that here? If somebody is going to die this year because of coronavirus, you know it is not you, isn't it? How do you know it? Because you are connected to a God of covenant. Because according to the covenant, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that spirit will make alive your mortal body. It doesn't matter how many of those viruses, they they can put it in a syringe and shoot it in your blood. It won't do nothing. You know why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Do I have somebody who is bold here? Do I have a confident person here? Do I have a people who know that when they go out there and some people are having that virus and it is critical that you can speak and say, as far as I'm concerned today, nobody is dying here. Nobody is dying before their time here. Look, I do that many of the times. I hear an ambulance and say, I say, hey, that's what this death is not happening. In the name of Jesus. Whatever assignment this ambulance is on, it is, doesn't include death. It will happen in Jesus' name. I see an accident and I begin to declare. Because that is what you must do as a child of God. You see, how many people know that many people are going to death, uh, sorry, to, to hell than are going to heaven? How many, how many of you know? That when you, take, when you take 100 people, it's like you are having 75 people going to hell when only 25 people are going to hell. How many of, how many of you know that? And if you are connected to Jesus, you know that the 75 that is going is a loss because he died for them. So whatever you can do to buy time for them, restrain the enemy, you should do. Be bold. Be bold. As children of God, be bold. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I don't like the way you guys are responding to me. Corona will not kill me. Though I'm past 60, it won't kill me. 
Because me, I am saying it and I will say it again. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. It will not kill me. And that is not just for that. That is for every other thing the devil has in this world. And I want to raise the people who are not afraid of anything. I want to. The Bible says the righteous shall be bold as a lion. Are you bold? We want to get up and pray. We want to get up and pray. There must be boldness. This house must be known as a house of bold people. We See, people who are bold do not compromise. We compromise only because we chicken out. You are afraid of what people will say, what people will do. You are not sure that when you go out there, God will back you up. But if you know what is covenant, then when you go, you know, even if you haven't heard from God, he will back you up. Some of you, when your children, they, they go out there in front of a car. Although you haven't given them permission, although you told them, don't cross the road like that, you still go and grab your child. And then after you have grabbed him out of danger, then you will give him one or two whips on the buttocks. You do that. And you think that when you are bold for God, even if you make a mistake, God will not be there to deliver you. What makes you think that way? Are you better than God? Am I talking to some people? Our world is looking for bold people because those are the only people who make Christianity exciting. Because we are not bold, so many opportunities have passed us by. Some of you women, you are not married because you are not bold. And some of you, the men too, you are also like that because you are not bold. The day you become bold, the day you decide to walk by boldness, no opportunity God ever brings your way will be wasted. Just lift up your hands. We want to ask God for boldness. Just talk to God. Ask God for boldness. Where you are today, which falls far short below where you are supposed to be, you are there because when the opportunities came, you never saw them as opportunities. You saw them as threats. You were not bold. You didn't know that if God is with me, I can be able to do it. So opportunities pass you by. And you are there today. Boldness. Ask God for, God for boldness. Ask for boldness. Ask God for boldness. Boldness. Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.